appreciate them singing that this morning and singing. Uh, we are going to be starting choir back up this afternoon, 5 o'clock, and so I want to encourage you if you're in the choir and be here at 5. Uh, but I want to say thank you to all of our church family who has just continued to get plugged in. And we had that leadership meeting a couple of weeks ago. Some of you had to watch uh, via online, and I appreciate you doing that. Some of you have let me know you've already watched that. And uh, if you have questions about that, come and see me. We'll get you the information, okay? Psalm 63, as you come here, I want you to notice for just a moment uh, one statement, and then we're going to travel back to Psalm Psalm 61 for just a few minutes, but in Psalm 63, it starts off and it says, O God, thou art my God. Now this psalm here, as you come to, to understand what's taking place here, this is David writing when he was in the wilderness of Judah as he is fleeing Absalom and everything from Absalom's rebellion here. And as you come to Psalm 63, David's going to begin to reveal to us some things concerning uh, his personal life, his personal walk, the, the desires that he has and how he is longing for God, but also how he is living for the Lord. Well, in life, we come to realize that, that everything is always changing. Uh, times are changing, if you would. People are changing. Uh, friendships change. Relationships change. Uh, problems are arising. There's always a changing, if you would. And one of the things we must ask ourselves is, where are we looking? How do you handle those situations? How do you, how do you go through those situations and come out stronger than what you were when you went into the situation? And David here begins to reveal the spirit in which how we should conduct ourselves and how we should live our lives whenever you do find yourself in a situation like this. Where are you looking? Uh, are you getting angry at God? Have you quit on God? Are you finding yourself saying, hey, wh- where do, am I going to find my counsel from? David makes this statement, thou art my God. David here in Psalm 63 reveals just a couple of things as we lay some foundation that, number one, in in the situation whenever he was pressing forward after being in the wilderness of Judah and the rebellion of his son, he is moving forward. He doesn't look backwards. Can I share with you, whenever you're facing uh, hard times and whenever you're facing uh, struggles or difficulties or you're going through something, one of the things I can encourage you not to do is don't look back at all the other problems you faced. Don't look back and think that God can't move forward because God's always advancing. God's always moving forward. David was not willing to look back in such a way that he was dwelling on his past mistakes. Are there some things that David, as you study the life of David, did wrong? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, the reason we are able to relate so much to David is because David lived a life that had highs and it had lows. It had problems, but it also had moments where he would glorify God and praise the Lord for what he was doing. If that doesn't resonate with our lives, there are many times whenever you might find yourself in the valley and you're saying, man, what is taking place? But then all of a sudden God brings you through that valley and you find yourself on the mountaintop. David was there whenever he was finding himself saying, hey, is there not a cause as that giant was talking? down and saying some things about his God and there are times whenever you are standing right in front of a giant and that giant is saying things about your God and you're saying hey you don't talk about my God like that but there's also times like David whenever you find yourself whenever something might be going wrong and David is on the run and how many times have we wanted to run from our problems and they just keep popping up they just keep showing up David in Psalm 63 he didn't look back he wasn't dwelling on his past mistakes David also reveals, as we lay this foundation, he wasn't also looking around. Can I share with you one of the worst things that you can do when you find yourself going through a trial or a tribulation or just a struggling season 
is you begin to look around at your circumstances, you begin to compare your circumstances with other people's circumstances. And all of a sudden, you find yourself becoming not only weary because of the season of life you found yourself in, but all of a sudden, now you become ungrateful because you think, wait, why aren't they going through that? Can I share with you and can I caution you? You don't always know what everyone else is going through. I would encourage you not to compare yourself or to compare your circumstances to those of others because they might not just be sharing those circumstances. I know many folks right this morning that are facing some very, very difficult decisions ahead. I know some folks that are bearing some burdens that if I were to share those burdens, you'd say, oh, man, I can't imagine what they're facing. So don't ever think that you've got it worse than everyone else. He didn't look around. So what did David do? Notice in verse number one what he says. He says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Notice verse number 8. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand uphold me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall into the, by the sword. They shall be a portion of the foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. David wasn't willing to look back. He wasn't going to dwell on those past mistakes. David wasn't willing to look around and look at the, the circumstances he had and the circumstances of others. Where did David look? David looked up. David looked up. The Bible tells us in verse number one, as the Bible says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee. Verse number four, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Verse number eight, my soul followeth hard after thee. David didn't look back. David didn't look around. David determined in the midst of all of what he was facing to look up. Can I share with you this morning, you might have come into the house of God and you are facing some uncertain circumstances. You're, you're going through a season that you say, hey, I don't want to go through this season. I don't desire this season. I don't want to face these things. And you, you find yourself wondering, what do I do next? Don't look at your past mistakes and try to find out where everything went wrong and start to dwell on all of the mistakes. Don't look at your circumstances and say, man, my circumstances are like this, but theirs are like this. They, they're living the life and I'm over here struggling. This morning, look up. You see, looking back at your past mistakes isn't going to fix the problem. Looking at the circumstances of others and comparing them with yours isn't going to fix the problem. The only time that you'll find the problem fixed is when you give it to God and you look up to God and say, Lord, I'm putting it in your hands. And so David here is finding himself looking somewhere, and you must ask yourself, where am I looking this morning? Go with me to Psalm 61 for just a moment, because in Psalm 61, as you notice a couple of things in this psalm, laying foundation that prepares us for Psalm 63, he says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. Now, this statement at the beginning of Psalm 61, it's as though David is so sincere that you can hear it in his voice. 
as he is making this statement, have you ever been talking with someone on the phone and you're not face to face with that person? You, you can't see their facial reaction, but you can hear the quiver in their voice. And all of a sudden you ask them, hey, is everything okay? As you read Psalm 61, he says, hear my cry, oh God. This is speaking of a, a serious crying out. It's speaking of a sincere. You can hear the quiver in his voice if you would. It's as though as David is speaking here, his voice begins to quiver as he says, hear my cry, oh God. Lord, hear me right this very moment. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from mine enemy, from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may prepare, uh, preserve him. Verse number 8. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. David in Psalm 61 begins to relay some things for us as we lay the foundation of where are we looking. Where are you looking this morning? You've walked into the house of God. You're sitting in your seat right this very moment. And you've got burden after burden after burden just weighing on you. Your, your circumstances are not pleasant. You're, you're going through a problem that you've never faced before. You're, you're battling some things and you are sitting there saying, what in the world is going on? So we ask ourselves, where are we looking? Are you going to look at those circumstances? Are you going to look backwards? Are you going to look up to God? You, you get to choose. You see, that, that's the joy of, of the privilege we have to, to live our lives is we get to choose where we want to look. If you want to dwell on your past mistakes and say, man, look at who I was and look away, and you dwell there and all of a sudden you find yourself once again living in the past, or you, you find yourself looking at all of the circumstances, you find yourself living in a, a self-pity party, if you would, and say, man, look at what's going on, and instead of just saying, Lord, I'm going to look up to you. You get to choose that. But in Psalm 61, there are a couple of things that help us to, to lay the foundation for where and how we can look up to God. In verse number 1, as he cries out, he says, Attend unto my prayer, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And notice with me a couple of things that David did in Psalm 61 that prepares us for Psalm 63. In Psalm 61, he cries unto God, number one. Uh, when was the last time that you, in the midst of your circumstances, said, instead of taking it into my own hands, Lord, I'm going to bring it to you. Many times we try to take things in our own hands and we obviously we want to see the circumstances change. And so we say, OK, here's the solution. Can I share it with you? Sometimes you just don't know what the solution is. But God does. And so David cries unto the Lord. Not only does David cry unto the Lord, but he says in verse number four, I will abide in thy tabernacle. He determined that he was going to abide with God. Abiding with the Lord is one of the things that we as a Christian must do on a daily basis. Abide with the Lord on a daily basis, getting alone with God in prayer and getting alone in his word. And as we made reference to on Wednesday, what you do with this, God will do with you. You want to find yourself encouraged? Put more of this into your heart. Memorize the scripture of God's word. In Psalm 61, he goes on and he says in verse number five, For thou, O God, hast heard my vows 
Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life. He begins to say he's going to trust in God. And then in verse number 8, he says, I will sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. And so he began to determine he was going to sing praise unto the Lord. And so in Psalm 61, you begin to see some, if you would, commitments that David was making. A commitment to cry unto the Lord, a commitment to abide with the Lord, a commitment to trust in the Lord, and a commitment to sing praises unto the Lord. And can I share with you that those four things that I have just mentioned shouldn't only apply when things get rough. You shouldn't only cry unto God when things are bad and when times are difficult. You shouldn't only abide with God whenever it's necessary because your circumstances just aren't pleasant. You shouldn't just trust in God just because, hey, I have nowhere else to turn. No, you should trust in God just simply because of who he is. And you shouldn't just praise the Lord when circumstances and, and life is pleasant. So you see those four things in Psalm 61, they don't just apply when times are difficult, if you would. So in Psalm 63, let's jump right into it. Notice with me number one. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Notice with me, if you would, in verses one through three, you see David's desire which is longing for God. And David begins to reveal his desire. That desire is his longing for God. In verse number two, he goes on to say, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. In verse number one, you begin to see certain statements as he says, thou art my God. Can I share with you one of the most comforting statements that you could ever make as a child of God is, Lord, thou art my God. There are times whenever you might be facing certain circumstances and you don't understand, but in the midst of those uncertain circumstances, God is still the God who is with you in those circumstances and is with you when those circumstances aren't taking place. He's still the same God. You see, times are going to change and problems are going to change and people are going to change and and circumstances are going to change and friends are going to change and relationships are going to change. All of that is going to change. But what does the Word of God say about our God? That He does not change. He is the same today yesterday and forever and so as you face those times you can come to the lord and say thou art my god a unchanging god and you don't have to worry about those circumstances because i can tell you right now today you might be facing a day where you woke up and you man them limbs don't hurt you rolled out of bed quicker than you've ever rolled out of bed you your eyes feel good you you're walking through you don't have any allergy issues can i share with you give it some time it'll come normal normalcy will come back you'll wake up one day and all of a sudden every bone will start hurting again allergies will be back all of that changes people will change there will be times whenever you will find that as as one preacher recently put it that the lord will allow some relationships to come and that will be a relationship for just a season and there will be some relationships that are for eternity But even in those situations, sometimes the people begin to change. And you look back and you say, man, they're not who I I thought they used to be. They're not the same anymore. Relationships change. Hey, churches change. Uh, Preachers change. All of that changes. But God does not. 
And as David says right here, the very beginning of verse number one, he says, Thou art my God. He goes on to say, Early will I seek thee. When David is making this determination, he is desiring and he's encouraging himself in the Lord. If I dare say, there's been a lot of encouraging yourself in the Lord over the last couple of years for all of us. I mean, as COVID came onto the scene, as, as uh, problems began to arise, as the, the, the state of our nation began to get worse and worse, all of those, you began to encourage yourself in the Lord. And one of the things we see to be true of David, especially in this portion of Scripture, is his longing for the Lord is seen in these first three verses. Notice what he says in verse number one. You begin to see where he was. Where he was is this statement right here. My soul thirsted for thee, my soul longeth for, he, for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. As you come to this statement right here, David begins to reveal as he is calling out unto the Lord. As he says in verse number one, O oh God, thou art my God. Early will I see he's calling out unto the Lord. But not only is he calling out unto the Lord, he goes on in verse number one to reveal to us that he's also cleaving unto the Lord. His cleaving is, is something in such a way that word cleaving means to be stuck like glue, if you would. It speaks of one who is desiring to, to be glued to or to cleave to, expresses a steadfastness to the Lord, if you would. And so David here, in verse number 8, he uses the statement, My soul followeth hard after thee. In verse number 1, he uses the statement, My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee. And we begin to see that he is revealing this cleaving, if you would. And the truth of the matter is, in each of our lives, we're cleaving to something. You're cleaving to something or someone or, or some situation. Sometimes if you ever had a conversation with someone and you maybe haven't seen this person in four or five years, but they're still angry about something, and you just look at them and you say, Are you still holding on to that, ain't you? Are you, you? You still haven't forgotten about that, have you? You're still going to cling to that if, if you would. And in this portion of Scripture, we come to realize that David here, as he is cleaving unto the Lord, there are some things that David realizes, hey, I have to cleave unto the Lord. I'm going to cleave under something. I, I might even, I, it's either I cleave unto the Lord or I'm going to cleave unto fear. It's either I cleave unto the Lord or it's going to be I cleave unto my worry and all of these things. And so I choose to cleave unto the Lord. In verse number one, he says, my soul thirsteth for thee, my soul longeth for thee. This statement, my soul thirsteth for thee, it represents a great desire in the sense of he, he is thirsting so much that his, his, if you've ever been outside and your throat begins to get dry, and you know that pain, your, your throat begins to dry and it begins to get itchy and scratchy and you're, you're thirsty and you're, you're thinking, man, I just need a glass of water. I just need something. David thirsted for the Lord so much so that that's exactly what it's portraying here. As he goes on, as he begins to deal with this statement, my, my flesh longeth for thee. Again, it's, it, David in, in his spirit is revealing that his longing was so great. It, it wasn't just like a, a take it or leave it situation. David, in this situation, he has found himself as he is on the, in the wilderness of Judah. He's fleeing Absalom. He is, he is longing for God so greatly to do so. To work on his behalf. If you were to, for just a few moments, picture, if you were to be in need, and you're you're just frantically running around. There's a, a dire situation that's taking place. Maybe you need someone's help, and you're calling everyone that you can to try to get help. 
That's the picture I get when I picture David here. He's, he's cleaving to the Lord so much so that he's frantically saying, God, you have to do something. And so you begin to see where he was. In verse number one, as he says, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. But you begin to see also what he wanted. In verse number two, he wanted this, to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. As he is making this statement to see thy power and thy glory, he is very simply desiring this, to stand in awe of God. Can I ask you this question? As I was studying myself, I asked myself this one question. What was the last time I just stood in awe of the Lord? When I was beginning to think about that word, standing in awe, I went back to the workday a couple of weeks ago. And Brother John was standing there and and. Brother Sean walked up to him, or they were talking or whatever, and Brother Sean made that statement. Have you just, stopped, have you just thought about how amazing this is? Brother John was like, oh, yeah. No. And, and Brother Sean was like, no, have you, just, have you thought about how amazing this is? Yeah, I thought. No, have you thought about how amazing this is? That God, I mean, just, just the other day as I was talking to a gentleman again and was sharing, I mean, just, just yesterday as I was talking to the gentleman who came and looked at the property, he said, are you kidding me? That's amazing. When was the last time we just stood in awe of how good our God is? Of who He is? I mean, as you get into the Scriptures and you begin to read and you begin to see just... I mean, people have said before... I've heard people say, man, I just can't read. I just get so bored. How do you get bored reading this? Now, and you start reading this and you just... You find yourself stirred up and you find yourself standing in awe of just who He is and the simple fact that you get to hold the Word of God. It would do us a, a little bit of good sometime to, to go back every, every so often and just watch a video of the, the missionaries that go on the foreign fields and they, they bring pieces of the Bible. And as they're bringing pieces of the Bible, they've got kids that are running up to them just to get little pieces of the Bible because they've never been able to hold one in their hands. Yet I've got 17 in my house alone. And most of them do this right here. And that's all they do. And we have the opportunity every single day to open this book and stand in awe about our Savior. And David here, as he is revealing this, he is revealing that he desired the Lord so greatly, but he says to see thy power and thy glory, to stand in awe. And as you find yourself standing in awe, in verse number 3 he goes on. He says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. David begins to reveal not only what he wanted, but why he worshipped. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. As David is acknowledging this statement, because thy loving kindness is better than life, what he is revealing to us, and this is a truth that we have to come to grips with or really die to self to really enjoy, is that there's just no price for the spiritual blessings that you get to experience in life. You ever watch those commercials and it might be still going on or it might not it might have even been a commercial. I can't remember what it was, but it'd be something like, you know, someone walks into Target and it says a sweater, $26.99, a cup of coffee, $5.99, uh, a volleyball, $18.99, spending quality time with your son, priceless. You know, you ever, you ever seen those commercials? And, and it's going through and it's trying to give you the warm fuzzies about, you know, all these things. And, and it's, it's expressing that, hey, there are some things that just mean a little bit more in life. 
As you come to this right here, as he is making this statement, because thy loving kindness is better than life, what he is saying is, hey, you can't put a price tag on the blessings of God. You can't put a price tag on the spiritual blessings of God in your life. And so he expresses that. But he also goes on in verse number three, and he says, my lips shall praise thee. Now, the very, very next word that is found in verse number four is the word thus. And this word thus is, again, one of those words we were talking about this in Sunday school. Sometimes if we're not careful, we will just take for granted some of these these words because they just look like ordinary words. But in verse number four, we see that he says, thus will I bless thee while I live. In verse number three, he closes out, my lips shall praise thee. And, and this word thus, it, it means as he is dealing with this, he is saying, nonetheless, if you would. And so also, if you would, because of all of this that I've desired and Lord, in verse number three, because my lips shall praise thee, not only will my lips praise thee, but thus will I bless thee while I live. And so how many times in verse number three have we found ourselves in certain circumstances where we were facing uncertain circumstances and and struggle was real and the, the difficulty was present and all of those things. Here's what David is saying. In verse number three, as he is saying, my lips shall praise thee. I mean, David's circumstances, don't, don't take these light. David's on the run. I mean, David's either running from Saul or he's running from his own son. I mean, he can't win at this point. He, he's trying, I mean, there are multiple psalms where David is saying, what, what is going on? Why is this happening? And you've expressed this and you've been there before where you're standing there and you're saying, what is going on? Why is this happening? And David is saying right here in verse number three, as he is saying, nonetheless, if you would, my lips shall praise thee. And this is the truth. Whenever you're facing these circumstances, you don't have to use profanity. You can still praise the Lord. And, and let me let me pause for just a moment, because uh, one of the, my, my biggest irritations and frustrations with the Christian life is that there are those in the Christian life who will say, well, there's there's a there's a time and place for profanity. Show me in the Bible where it says it. You say, well, look, I mean, there, there's a time and place. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to use profanity. I'm not going to say things when, when, when things are, you know, going well. But, you know, they just pushed me over the edge. So you thought because you, pushed, you, you got pushed over the edge, your circumstances were so bad that all of a sudden you could start cursing and God would be okay with it? And David is simply relaying to us that, hey, even when times get as bad as they could be, you can still praise the Lord. This idea that there is a time and place when you can say curse words and when you can use profanity and all these things is not biblical, nor is it right. And we say, well, I just, I just, you know, I just couldn't take any more. Well, then how about you stop trying to take it on yourself and give it to the Lord? We don't have to use certain language to try to prove a point. The language that ought to be used to prove a point is, hey, nevertheless, thy will be done. Lord, you're still good. Lord, thank you for your grace, even in the midst of this trial. And David is saying in verse number three, because thy loving kindness is better. Hey, the spiritual blessings outweigh anything that I'm facing that's causing harm, that the circumstances aren't pleasant. My lips shall praise thee. Verse number four, he goes on. And number two, we see this, David's dedication, living for God. David was one who dedicated himself to living for God, no matter what the circumstances may be. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied with with marrow and fatness. And with my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee. 
upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings, will I rejoice? My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth thee. You begin to see in verses four on down, David's worship is expressed here in verse number four. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. This statement, thus will I bless thee while I live. David is recognizing in his own personal life that life is going to end at one point in time. And so while life is still taking place, while I live, may I worship you. While I'm still here, may I worship you. We think sometimes that we're just going to wake up the next day. Just yesterday I was reading and I saw a report that a a shooting took place in Nashville where a husband killed his wife and two kids. Those kids went to bed probably thinking, I wonder what I'm going to do tomorrow. Every night before we go to bed, there's a ritual we have in in our house, not because we want it, just because my kids just chose to have it, I guess. Every single night, as we say, Jackson and Holly, go get in bed. They'll come and get in bed and clockwork. 30 seconds later, they get out of bed. They come in the room. They've got to give us hugs and kisses. Okay, go get in bed. Clockwork. 30 seconds later, they come back. Hey, when we wake up, where are we going? Every single night. Every single night. They want to know what tomorrow holds. And sometimes we have an idea as to what we're doing. Sometimes we don't. And can I share with you, in the reality of it all, none of us know what tomorrow holds. And David is saying right here, hey, while I live, may I be found worshiping you. May I be found worshiping you. He goes on to say in verse number four, I will lift up my hands in thy name. The lifting up of his hands is is often a, a reminder that actions of praising God are shown through our actions. You want to express, we were talking about this a little bit in Sunday school, but if you fill your heart and your mind and your life with this right here, it'll come out without you even knowing it. You'll just be standing there talking and all of a sudden someone will say something and all of a sudden, you know, something will come to your mind. We laugh when we were talking about this. We were over at the church working the other day and and uh, this was during one of the work days and Brother Austin had stopped in after he had gotten off and we were in the, the, the children's area uh, and we were tearing up some of the carpet, and we were working on uh, the, the wood, tearing up the platform and all of that. And I can't remember what it was, but I think we were tearing up the platform, and Brother John made a spiritual application. And we laugh about this. You ever, you ever said this before? There's always that one. You know, you, you think about that. And Brother Austin said, oh, here we go. There's always that one, the, 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 the spiritual guy. And, you know, we were joking about that and laughing about that. And the truth is this, though. In reality... That ought to be our testimony. We, we joke. We used to joke. We, we'd be playing games, and there would be that person when you're playing games. It, it's just, I mean, you're just, you're not, you're not putting any thought into it. You're just playing Uno, and somehow a biblical illustration comes out of it. And you're thinking, dude, just pass or go, you know? <laughs> Is it your turn? You know, but, but in reality, the more you fill your life with this, it just comes out. Well, we worship the Lord. And we worship the Lord through our actions. Notice with me in verses 3 on down to verse number 5, you see his words, and we're wrapping up here. He says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Verse number 5, my soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. That statement, 
My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Again, it's, it's dealing with this idea of praising the Lord. I don't know if you found yourself in the midst of a, a season where you say, this just isn't fair. You might have found yourself going through something that you say you just don't understand. And I don't understand everything. But you know what? I'm so thankful I don't have to because God does. Even in, the, in times I've had conversations with church members before and, and I've, I've left stumped as to what to say. But then we might come back on a Wednesday after that Sunday conversation and that individual comes to me and says, hey, I spent some time in prayer and the Lord just comforted and, and gave me what I needed because he's the one who can. And David here is revealing that, hey, I can praise the Lord no matter what the circumstances are. As he says in verse number six, when I remember. Last night we were about to go to bed and as we were about to go to bed, um, Kelly and I have a, a recorder. So we've got, I mean, recordings of Jackson and Holly uh, leading up to them being born. We've got videos of Jackson when he was a, a little tiny kid. We've got videos of, I mean, just videos galore. And you, th- you know, now we video everything with the iPhone, right? You just, you just video everything and throw it into the iCloud and it's good to go. But we still have one of those old school recorders. You know what those are? You say No. I'm going to show, I'll show you after church. I'll, I'll, I'll learn you, all right? But we have one of those, and we were, we threw in Jackson's. And before Jackson, uh, we have video. I walked into the church, and in this hallway right here, Brother Harold was standing right there. And he was working on the flooring that's right there. He was laying the flooring, and he was, you know, laying the glue down, and he was leveling everything and getting everything. And I was sitting there, and I was thinking, man, I had forgotten about this. I've forgotten about this. And one of the, the things that hit me right as I was thinking about this is how many times have, have I truly forgotten about the goodness of the Lord? He says right here in verse number six, when I remember thee, man, Lord, I'm sorry I forgot about you. I mean, we, we spend hours and hours praying that God would give us something only for God to give it to us and we forget it. Just thank him for it. When I remember thee, upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. This statement, in the night watches, it pictures one who is, if you would, they're laying in their their bed and they're looking up at the ceiling. There's There's no fan running. There's no soft noises playing. They're just laying there in silence and they're just staring at a blank ceiling. Just staring. And as he is dealing with this right here, what he is saying is, I'm just going to meditate on the goodness of God for just a little while. I mean, he's facing it. He's going through a difficult season, but he still determines to live for God by meditating on the goodness of God. Notice with me in verses 8, 9, 10, and 11, if you would, and we finish. David's dedication looking for God. He says in verse number 8, my soul followeth hard after thee. My soul followeth hard after thee. Verse number 11, but the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the, the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. So I close with this this morning. You've walked into the house of God maybe. Maybe you've been going through it. You've been struggling. You've been facing heartache after heartache, difficulty after difficulty, and you are just really just, you've come to the place where you, just to summarize, you're fed up with it. You're saying, man, this just doesn't seem fair. 
The truth of the reality is, if you found yourself saying, this just isn't fair, if you found yourself saying, I'm just fed up with it, if you found yourself saying, what in the world, is one of two things have taken place. Either, number one, you've looked back and you're looking at your past mistakes and where things started to go wrong, and you're dwelling there and you're living in the past. Or you found yourself looking around and you're looking at your circumstances and you begin to look at your circumstances and other people's circumstances and you begin to compare those circumstances. Because when you look up, you're not saying what in the world any longer. When you look up, you're not saying I'm fed up with this any longer. When you look up, you're not saying this isn't fair. Because when you look up and you see the Lord for who He is, and you begin to get into His Word, and you begin to allow Him to work in your life, you begin to be satisfied, as the psalmist says right here. He says, When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. And you back up one verse. My soul shall be satisfied as with the marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. The only reason that I know this to be true is I have lived... Psalm 63, where a year ago, I was standing there asking the Lord and and griping about our circumstances as we lost the third baby. And I found myself looking back, if you would, and saying, Lord, not only did we lose this one, but we lost this one back here and we lost this one back here. And I began to dwell and just live in the past and live in the mistakes that had been made and live in all of these many things. And then all of a sudden I found myself looking around and seeing this individual. I mean, I don't know how many times it was about two or three times whenever all that was taking place that when we got on social media, someone was announcing a pregnancy in that exact moment. And I'd be lying if I didn't sit here and say, Lord, what? Why? If I didn't sit there and say, Lord, that's not fair. But then all of a sudden, it was as though in just one instance like that, one night I picked up the Bible and I started reading and all of a sudden God began to give clarity. God began to to give peace and I started looking up. And now whenever I look back, I don't say, Lord, that wasn't fair. Now, whenever I look around, I say, Lord, good for them. You know why? Because God makes no mistakes. And when you start looking up, you begin to see things the way the Lord would desire you to see things. When you start looking back, all you want to do is look back and say, Lord, that wasn't fair, that wasn't fair, that wasn't fair. But now I look back and I say, hey, how can I use that? Right after that had taken place, the Lord put someone in our life we were able to be a blessing to that was going through or had just gone through the exact same situation. A couple months later, as I was standing after a basketball uh, time playing basketball on, on a Tuesday night, I was able to share the testimony. I go and get my hair cut, and every single time I tell you, I talk about the Lord, and I try to talk about the church, and I try to lift up the Lord, and these ladies know our testimony. You see, at one point in time, I'd look back, and I'd be bitter about everything. But now I look back and I say, Lord, how how do you desire for that to fit into your plan for me to use it? 
Now I look around and I see people's circumstances and I don't get frustrated if it's not going my way. Because I come to realize this. When I look up, I realize, Lord, you're not making this mistakes. David says in verse number, six, uh, verse number one of Psalm 63, Thou art my God. In Scripture, we come to realize that God loves His children. Nothing you're facing, have faced, or will face is for your harm. It's all a part of God's master plan. God allows these things to go on in our lives so that He would strengthen us and help us to become the Christian He saved us to be. Here's my question. Where are you looking? Are you looking back in bitterness? Are you looking around in comparison? Are you looking up saying, Lord, thank you. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness this morning. Lord, we praise you for who you are. And Lord, I pray that you would just continue to guide us and direct us. Lord, for anyone who's hurting here this morning, I pray that they'd give it to you. Lord, if there's someone here that's looking back, Lord, help them to stop looking back in bitterness, but start looking back and saying, Lord, what would you have for me to do with this? Lord, how do you desire to be used? There's someone that's looking around, Lord. May they not compare circumstances, but Lord, may they just rejoice with other Christians and other people by how you're working. And Lord, may we determine that where we are looking is always up. Looking to you. As we took that theme a year ago, looking unto Jesus, I pray that you would help us to continue to live it out. Lord, for the one that's hurting, strengthen them, help them, comfort them. Lord, for the one that needs answers. Lord, I pray that you'd provide it, Lord, through your sovereignty and, Lord, through the word of God. Lord, I pray that you would deal with every single situation that's here, Lord, that we'd bring it to you and we'll thank you for it. Guide us now, for it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.